Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Uh, Brewers lose last night again. God, Cardinals are 11 in a row now. Brewers lose four in a row now. Yeah, it looks like St. Louis has kind of firmly planted themselves into that second wild card spot. Yeah, they don't want to be denied, Rowdy. So we've been pretty negative the last, I guess, first three days of this week for the Milwaukee Brewers because they've been playing like crap. And the Cardinals are a team. And it's right there to wrap up the Central. Right the it magic right number there. was three. three. And you had a four-game series against the Cards. Yeah, and all you needed was a split, and you would have wrapped up the Central. Obviously, that's not going to happen today. You might get swept today in a four-game set. If we're going to flip this on its head, though, and try and look at this as a positive for the Milwaukee Brewers, if the Cardinals are this hot and just locked up, that haven't officially, but it's getting closer and closer to locking up that number two yeah. spot in the wild card, Sure would be a shame if them and the Dodgers had to play first game in that wild card. Man, wouldn't that be a shame indeed, Rowdy. And then who knows? What if the Cardinals uh, continue to stay hot and end up beating the Dodgers in a one-game wild card, and then they have to go and play the Giants? So, yeah. So the King uh, just logged on to Twitch. He says, is this – now, remember when the Brewers were really bad, like they were hitting some skids? Pun intended here, hitting some skids earlier in the season. You and mean we, like May? Yeah, and we called it uh, the Brewers. We're going to change our dial because you can hear the Brewers I saw here. King's tweet, and I favored it. Is this? Or I guess I liked it. Uh, we're going to change our, because you know we have the Brewers, and we're going to change the flagship station of the Brewers to uh, WTRD, the turd. Don't touch that dial. You got a turd on it. Because it was going to be the Milwaukee Brewers. The King says, is this WTRD where I can listen to the Brewers now? Rowdy, we're not calling the Brewers turds right now, are we? I think you're, we're going to have to really consider it if they get swept in four straight games. But can we can we agree on this though? Here's a here's the guy who could be the lead uh, morning show host for WTRD, the turd, Brett Anderson. Yeah, can he be can he be Especially the face of WTRD? He probably won't be pitching the rest of the season for the Milwaukee Brewers. Hey, this is Brett Anderson. You're listening to WTRD, the turd, Brett Anderson, Rowdy. Last night. Uh, yikes. One and two-third innings. It was the shortest start in which he was not removed due to injury since May 6th of 2017. Uh, our guy True Advisor on Twitch says, do they even let uh, Brett Anderson travel with the team during playoffs as the batting practice pitcher? Would you allow that for him to be on the team if he was the batting practice pitcher? So basically, like one of the coaching staff, like on the coaching staff. Yeah, he's not playing. He's just there to help the, you know, the basket hot for the Brewers. Or the or he's like the guy that we've seen the Brewers come up with some injuries, wink, wink. Like uh, like Vogelback when he had the leg and then all of a sudden it was like his foot. Well, what was the Locane when we were talking about the DM group yesterday? Oh, jeez. <laughs> he went from what, a back to a groin to a, what was it now, a calf? Or a quad, I forget what it was. Whatever it they is, can't, they can't keep their phony stories straight. I, I think it's hilarious. I love it. But yeah, they got uh, Brett Anderson. Do they let him travel on the plane just to be the batting practice pitcher? A WTRD, the turd. If you still have to pay him, that's one one way to get a use out of him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's hear from Brett Anderson. Last night did not. not oh mean- yeah, here here's that tweet you're referring to. Yeah, yeah. So Adam McKelvey sent out a tweet. Lorenzo Kane is back in the lineup for the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. After tweaking his hip on Saturday, well, that was the game where he made that diving or that jumping catch and the banged into the wall, and they officially said his back was sore. Then earlier this week, they said, well, Locaine's back in the lineup. You know, he ran into the wall with his sore back, but it was actually his groin that sore. Didn't they also say general soreness one time, too? Yeah, so now it went from back to groin, and now it's hip. His but don't hip. worry, he's back in the lineup. And pretty soon it'll be his head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Remember I just said, really, they're just officially diagnosing him as old? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's uh, he's on the IL. What for? Not nah, being old. It was rainy, so uh, his bones started to ache a little bit in his knees. Or I guess his hip, in this sense. Uh, but, Rowdy, Brett Anderson, what's the excuse for Brett Anderson? I don't think there really is any. He just 
Uh, would you be fine if we don't see him for the rest of the season? 100%. I think a lot of Brewer fans are in that same boat. So Brett Anderson last night, one and two-third innings, six runs. Here is uh, comments from the pitcher after the game. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a grind. Um, the goal is come in and have, you know, some hopefully some clean innings and feel good about the next one. But uh, obviously that wasn't the case. Um, you know, hard contact, soft contact, all seem to find holes or gaps or whatnot. And, um, you know, that's just kind of the way the series has been going. The Cardinals have obviously been playing <clears throat> really well in all, in all facets of the game, and we really haven't been. But, um, you know, starting pitching kind of sets the tone. Obviously, Woody and uh, Freddie had good starts, but, you know, hopefully we can Hauser comes out and pitches well tomorrow and keeps them off the board in the first, and we can kind of go from there. And, I mean, again, trying to look at this positively – Brett Anderson did his job this year. He did. Oh, he totally. I mean, did. he signed for less than what was it, three million dollars a year. He was brought back to be the fifth starter, and we thank him for his service. And the Brewers basically got what they needed out of him. I mean, RJ dug it up going into yesterday's start. They were ten and eleven in games which Brett Anderson started. Yep. Now ten and twelve. Yep. Now. That's not terrible, especially from a guy that you were relying on to be your fifth starter heading into the season. And now when you look around and if you want to use Aaron Ashby as a starter, he's Brett Anderson, that is, is probably your seventh best starter behind Ashby. Mm -hmm. And you were 10 and 12 with your worst starter, your seventh starter on the mound. I think that shows that this is a good Milwaukee Brewers team and that, yes, it was extremely annoying to see Brett Anderson leave with every single injury and pull possible. (laughs) And that's, but this, at least when you, when you take and look at the whole picture, essentially your seventh best starter that you had this year, you went 10 and 12 when he was on the mound. Mm. That ain't bad. Mm. He, did his, he did his job, Rowdy, and we thank him for his service, and now we relieve him of duty. Yeah? He can come be the host at WTRD the third. I really don't think you see him again. I don't think you do either. Because there's there's really no room when you look at the – when you look at the upcoming schedule for the Milwaukee Brewers, I mean, they play the rest of this weekend, Thursday through Sunday. You have a day off on Monday, and then you have six games all on the road. But you know that last week of the season when you have the Cardinals on the road and the Dodgers on the road, that they're going to be looking to set up their pitching staff for the postseason. So it might look a little funky. Well, you also know that Brett Anderson's not going to crack the top four of your starting rotation Ooh, in the postseason. No. And then you, you're going to lock up the Central, and you're going to have four days off between that and your NLDS. So I, I think he is what we call D-U-N done for the Milwaukee Brewers this year. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to WTRD the turd. Don't touch that dial. You got poo on it. This is Brett Anderson. Uh, but real quick, we have, I got a tweet and a phone call over the break. Yes, phone lines are back. The gremlins have been uh, shooed out of the system. They're gone, and hopefully they never come back. But I have a, a, a two tweets, actually, and one phone call. First, uh, Dan from Stoughton called in. He said, hey, I love your boys' uh, idea of having Brett Anderson being the batting practice pitcher. You can get this offense uh, going. So there's that. So Dan said that. And then we got a tweet here from uh, Coach Rhino. Good morning, Coach Rhino. What's up, my brother? He's on the flip side of Brett Anderson being the batting practice pitcher. He says, against this offense, Brett Anderson might be able to throw a no-hitter in batting practice. We got, we got two lines of thinking here for Brett Anderson. What's more likely, Rowdy, RJ? Good morning, RJ. Morning. I actually think the most likely thing, I don't think it's actually – get the bats going or no hitter. I think he probably just leaves with like an oblique strain while throwing <laughs> batting practice. Uh, one and two third innings last night for Brett Anderson. It was uh, the shortest start since 2017 for him without leaving with an injury. And then, you know, we were talking about Anderson. He could be the host if we were to change our, we, you know, we're W-O-Z-N here. If we were to change our callers to W-T-R-D, the turd. Don't touch that dial. Brett Anderson's got poo on it. Uh, Secondhand Smoke John says, could be WTRD, home of the opposing team's runs. Ram Jam, our guy in Scotland, who's already chirping up uh, Team USA, saying, I can't believe they picked Stricker as the captain. I figured they would have had someone who won something for the Ryder Cup. That was just, that's just uncalled for. 
Ram Jam, as he's Peacock and Team Europe right now, our guy in Scotland. But Ram Jam says after he heard that you went nine three and one in the Razor's Edge, yeah, he says maybe you should take over for Rowdy in the Razor's Edge. See, mine's only on college football though. Rowdy, I don't, I don't bet other stuff. Rowdy, haven't you been crushing on the Razor's Edge like the past like eight weeks? Yeah, the last ten weeks we've had eight winning weeks. Mine's just over the past three. So four. No matter where you look at it, we're just making money. Week zero, one, two, and three. We're just making money. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, so Ram Jam, he, he's he's living large and in charge right now, talking smack not only about Steve Stricker, the the pride of Edgerton, Wisconsin. Who doesn't love Steve Strick? The nicest dude ever. Well, I I met him a couple times. Oh, my mom went to high school with him. What a legend. What a class act. Steve Stricker. Stephen. Stephen. You guys got. I mean, do you have any problems? I once held the door open for him at the Culver's over in Middleton. And I bet you he thanked you. He did. Isn't it the worst thing to hold the door open for someone else? And it was one of those, like, I didn't recognize him right away. And my buddy's like, that was Steve Stringer. I was like, no way. No way. (laughs) He he said, thank you to me. Uh, So, boys, Ryder Cup yesterday when uh, Team Europe comes out. Obviously, a lot of their fan base can't travel just because of the Rona. It jams things up a little bit. So they're trying to endure themselves to Wisconsinites. Yeah. They all came out rocking cheese heads. And then they signed them, threw them into the crowd. I saw a bunch of kids wearing them, you know, posing for pictures, loving it. For me, listen, I, I, I get what they're doing, but don't disgrace the cheese head like that by wearing it, you, you, you tea drinkers from across the pond. Come on now. I mean, it's, it's all of Europe. It's not just England there. I know, RJ, but I'm trying to think of an all-encompassing, uh, not-too-derogatory thing for Team Europe. Yeah, there's not much. I know, that's what I'm saying. I mean... I need an all-encompassing, like, this that's not, you know, see getting what, too many uh, panties in a bunch. Ram Jam says. I don't know. I'm I mean, just making too much of it. Good for Team see, Europe, though, for trying to endure themselves. Well, come on. I will say this. The United Wait, oh, States brought... For Ram Jam to talk trash. No, is no, there, no, Is there even any uh, Scottish golfers out there on... Sure. Team I, I can't think of anything. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I can't sure. think of one. Because, I, you know, that there there is England. Obviously, you have uh, some guys from Ireland. Yep. I'm... Get the cheese head off. Let, the, let us um, Wisconsinites I think it. Colin Montgomery was Scottish, but he's not, like, active anymore. Uh, well, that isn't gonna help. Oh, uh, old Tom Morris. Oh, the guy from 150 years yeah. ago. Yeah, there you go. Which probably means young Tom Morris is as well. <laughs> um, I think he really young Thomas Morris. <laughs> uh, how cool though is it to have the, this competition going in at you know up at Whistling Straits? How cool is that, man? That's just it's so cool yeah. for Wisconsin to have it. Um, yeah, Sandy it's, Lyle. It's awesome. Sandy, Sandy Lyle. Lyle. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Really? Not really, not really um, recognizing a lot of these other ones. Yeah, Paul Lowry, he's good. Oh, by the way, there is a young Tom Morris. I know, I saw, I saw. <laughs> Paul Lowry, Martin Paul. Laird. There you go. Ram Jam's now. He's like Scotland. He's like we invented the sport. We don't need anyone in the Ooh, Ryder Cup. Russell we invented Knox. golf. All right, but, I mean, so there's a couple guys. It, it's one of those things like. It uh, the United States brought Europe upon itself for the Ryder Cup because when it was first started, it was just U.S. versus England, mm. and the U.S. was just crushing England. So it was almost to the point where the Ryder Cup was like, like England was ready to be like, we're done, uh, we don't need this anymore. <laughs> uh, we're done. And then the United States was like, well, we're a bigger country than you. Incorporate more of Europe, and then the Europeans just started, like, dominating. Started manhandling. And, I mean, there's been times where it's, like, very even. But uh, as of late, I believe the Euros are going for their third win in a row. Man. Um, We got a third time retaining. Well, the United States is favored to win this year. They have nine of the top 11 golfers in the world on the the Ryder Cup team this year for the United States. They are heavily favorited, uh, even though some of those guys are first time. uh, A lot of young guys on the Team USA. Do you think, honestly, not bad to see when you've considered 
how unlucky some of the veteran guys have been. Yeah, over the that's past what I was gonna say. A lot Ryder of those, a lot of those guys that they've had in the past, like the Tiger Woods, the Phil Mickelsons, obviously Steve Stricker, like what Matt Kuchar, those are all guys that are getting up there in age. Not not that they're not still good, but they're not necessarily in their primes of of primes. Do you think we'll see in team fighting? Between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, I would love to see some kind of drama. It it seems like no. Uh, I mean, they were by each other yesterday. Yeah, they they were talking and like people were like cheering for it. It was like yeah. Just no one yell out Brooksy at uh, at DeChambeau. You'll get kicked out. Yeah, it would be oh, pretty knows, incredible. Cup though. Might, might be different. Well, uh, what if Brooks? Okay, it's held by the PGA of America, not the PGA. What if Kepka and Deschambeau are standing by each other, and someone just really likes Brooks Kepka and go, "Hey, Brooksy, does does Deschambeau then kick that person out?" I don't know. What are you gonna say? Do we get like an Adam Sandler, Bob Barker? That's what I want to see. The Price is Wrong, Deschambeau. Who do you got in a fight? I take Deschambeau over Kepka. If there were to be a fight, no, I take. You take, take Kepka? Brooksy. Take Brooksy? What be you, Rowdy? Kepka's got or uh, no, I'm just taking Deschambeau. Sorry. I'm yeah. taking Deschambeau. Mm. I think I would go with RJ on this one. Yeah. Brooksy's always been big. Deschambeau, I feel like he's got this like pent up aggression. He's ready just to like unleash it on somebody. Yeah, but I mean you've seen some guys who like do what he does at the T box and he just crushes it and swings his heart. There, there's guys, athletes you look at, and then they can't throw a punch to save their lives. If, I think I think Brooksy can. <laughs> if you wear a hat like Deschambeau does, that little uh, the flat cap, the flat cap, the peak, the peaky, the peaky blinders, the peak well, hat, the, the peak hat. Yeah. You, you, it takes a certain individual to wear that hat. It's either some some snob craft beer drinker that thinks he's better than everyone, or a I guy think that's where he falls, though. or a guy that's yeah. going to beat some ass. I think that's where he falls. Was the first one. I, I feel like he just like slams unless, like Coors Light. And unless just, he's uh, does the peaky blinder things, and he, there's razor blades in the brim of that. You cap. think Deschambeau's a he's craft beer guy? <laughs> you think Deschambeau's a craft beer snob? He looks like a guy that pounds light beer and just will go well, pound some ass. Well, he is kind ass. of a whiner, isn't he? Yeah, he does look like a craft beer snob. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, let's go Team USA. I got the phone lines blowing up here. Uh, line one, welcome to the show. Who's this? What's going on? It's Hawkeye. Hawkeye, what's up, dude? Ryder Cup, you're calling, you're calling card. Uh, yeah, I'm on my way up there right now. I'm driving. Oh, uh, unfortunately, let me vent just a little bit. Yeah, vent away. Oh, my God, the construction BS. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially when you're you're just uh, out over by Yahara and you're heading north. Uh you know, to, to, to head towards uh, Sun Prairie and up to Fond du Lac. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And that stretch down by Ho-Chunk, it's like, come on, guys, let's get it together. Uh, <laughs> it's, what do they say? There's five seasons. There's, what, spring, uh, summer, fall, winter, and construction season. Well, I, I always Whatever heard this one, there's only two seasons. Two seasons. Winter, yeah. winter, winter, winter and, and road construction, construction season. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that's probably, <laughs> okay. I think that's the more appropriate Do you ever remember a time in your life when you could ride through the, the roads here in, in Madison and the surrounding area without being jammed up with construction? Uh, not really. It just seems like this year it's been worse. Yeah. And I think that's because during the pandemic, they sort of had the ability to have some advantages that they never had before having less people on the road and and whatnot and, and now that everybody's kind of back out there it just seems like it's a big cluster you know what yeah so, cluster F. anyway they always anyway, seem to I, do it at the same time too so you're in in roads and out roads are all being done at the same time okay like uh i don't get don't get me started i was trying to get to work yesterday and, and nelly was too obviously and like every ramp to get on the belt line was closed i ended up having yeah. to go all the way almost driving to monona to get on so I had to go 10 minutes away from work to get back on the belly to go to work. It was so stupid. <laughs> the worst part about it is is that if you own a business or you do anything where you try to be productive and try to be on time and you make promises to clients, you're supposed to do stuff, and all of a sudden it's like, surprise, the ramp's closed. Here's an additional 40 <laughs> minutes out of your way. It's like, you know, and then your client's mad. They want a discount and whatever. You know, it's like, it's like hey, it wasn't my fault, you know, but, you know, it, it's reality. But speaking of reality, I'm on my way up to – I think what's going to be really cool today is, is and I'm going to love this, is I'm on my way up to see the the celebrities first, uh, go see Mandy Rose and, and Rob Riggle and, and uh, you know, some of the different um, celebrities that are doing the celebrity matches, and then obviously heading over and watching the, the Americans play their practice round. Uh, they're teeing off around 10 o'clock, and then the opening series. Uh, so it should be a special day. I, I can't wait to get up there. There's been... In the last several days, I think some of the things that's been really interesting, and you guys were touching on it a little bit, you're talking about how the European players came out in the Packer colors. I will give Europe credit for this, especially team captain Padraig Harrington. 
uh, who speaks like you know Lucky Charms. He calls his rookies rockies. 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 Yeah. Okay. Top, top of the morning to you and Lucky Charms and my all my rockies. Don't always have yeah, to be Lucky but, Charms, Hawkeye. But yeah, <laughs> but here's the deal. No, I give him credit because he called the Packers, asked to see if he could use those colors. They sent him the cheeseheads and everything. He's doing everything right, and it's psychological warfare. He's turning the the the, the American uh, uh, fans into Euro fans. I mean, it's it's a great move. I mean, yeah, it's it's that it's that mental warfare. There's a there's a war for your mind, Hawkeye. Everywhere you go, yeah. And just because it's on paper that the that the, it looks like the United States is better, that doesn't mean anything in a Ryder Cup event. I play in one of those events every year. It's a local event, and when you get into the alternate shot and the stress and the pressure and everything like that, the alternate shots the hardest in, game in the world. And and you know they talk about this all the time that in golf it is the narrowest margin because the difference between the third rated player in the world and the fifty third rated player in the world is not much at all. And being the fact that this people. is on U.S. <laughs> being the fact that this is on U.S. soil and that the European uh, because of COVID restrictions a lot of the Euros can't get here. It, the, the, the United States has a two point advantage right out the gate, yeah. literally yep. odds wise. Yep. Yep. It's going to be fun to watch what happens because if the Europeans come out. First, and they bring out John Rahm or Lowry, or they they come out or Westwood. They bring out a, a strong team in the in the, four, in the foursomes, the four ball, and all of a sudden, you know, they they go up. Then it's like, uh oh. Um, a lot of people are 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 predicting that it's going to be a draw, and I, you know, on a gambling Ooh. side of that, I could see that potentially happen. But I would love to see America just blow them out. Hell yeah! You know, that would be amazing. It's all about America blowing people out, Hawkeye. Let's go. Absolutely. Hawkeye, have a fun time, man. Enjoy the sides. Full report tomorrow, okay? You got it. Absolutely. Hey, Hawkeye, you going yeah. to any uh, rounds after the practice round today or just today? Uh, it's, well, so I might go up on Sunday. Okay. Uh, it just depends. I mean, I've got, with what I do for business, I've got a full slate Friday and Saturday. Okay, um, yeah. But, but this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. You oh, know, yeah, go get it, baby. And, and, and so first time the writer comes over, come to Wisconsin. So go get Sometimes, em. you know what I mean? You get up in the morning, you're like, all right, I can't see straight, such and such, but get in the car and go, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay. I get you. Have fun, brother. You got it, man. See you, buddy. There's a war for your mind. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Big matchup happening this Saturday at Soldier Field. The storylines galore when it comes to Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. Very excited to welcome in Tim O'Malley from IrishIllustrated.com covering Notre Dame. Uh, Tim, good morning, my friend. How are we doing today? Uh, doing pretty well. How about you? I am I'm really good. A couple more sleeps till Saturday when I'll be even better because I've been thinking about this game for a long time. As Badger fans, we got a little extra something to this game, and I wanted to pick your brain on it really quick. So obviously the quarterback that you guys have now, Jack Cohen, was once for the Wisconsin Badgers. Graham Mertz, he becomes quarterback after Cohn goes down with injury. The genie's out of the bottle. Cohn goes to the Fighting Irish. And now we have this crazy storyline here in Wisconsin of Graham Mertz versus Jack Cohn. Is that a storyline you're paying attention to there for the Fighting Irish? Definitely not in the, at the same level. Um, obviously, <laughs> Wisconsin fans, but uh, we, we, Notre Dame, just, it's kind of like Notre Dame played their uh, ex-quarterback, Phil Dracovic, last year for Boston College. And it was all the Oregon fans cared about for that game. So I, I could make a relative comparison right there. And they, they are not the same. But I, I know where Wisconsin fans are coming from because the situation where, you know, half the fan base wants one quarterback, half the fan base wants the other. And one of them is going to be upset on the next <laughs> with the two of them playing, I would think. But, uh, no, you know, Jack Cohn's been uh, pretty much an ideal teammate and leader for Notre Dame coming in. Um, it's not an easy job to come in and replace Ian Book, who he's three years started there and had a good career. And, I feel like, uh, you know, he's he's really made the best of it in a situation where you come in, you win the starting job over some younger guys. Yeah, so um, a lot of us were excited to see Graham Mertz here in Wisconsin, and then once we saw the season start, Wisconsin obviously drops to Penn State, and Graham Mertz didn't look the greatest. And then I watched later that night uh, um, the 
what was that uh, the next night? Excuse me, the Florida, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Florida State game, and I see Jack Cohn just bawling, bawling for Notre Dame. What was it like seeing Jack Cohn? You know, kind of take it to Florida State. It was a back and forth battle, but in overtime, did you guys, after seeing that overtime win, were you like, yes, we have a quarterback that can keep carrying on tradition here? Yeah, he and he played even a little better than we thought he would in his first game. I mean, I figured, I know he started a Royal Bowl, he's played in a you know, Big Ten championship game and everything, but it's you're the only game in town Sunday night for a new team. There's different pressure, maybe. Does that make a, you know, make a little sense? There's just a little bit of a different level of pressure, but he was great. Um, he's been under pressure since then. Uh, the Marine offensive line has not been protecting him all that well, honestly. And that's why you will see just a little bit of uh, what Notre Dame used against Toledo to kind of help him win the game as a true freshman, Tyler Buckner, because he can, when he's in there running the ball, I think teams respect Notre Dame's running game a little more, what there is of it compared to last year. And uh, again, Jack was, uh, he was open to it. He's like, look, Tyler helped us win a game. If he had helped us win games. Yeah. Tim O'Malley joining us right now. Follow him on Twitter at Tim O'Malley ND, also irishillustrated.com. So, Tim, when I was watching you know, Notre Dame, uh, it's a little different defensively than uh, the likes of the Wisconsin Badgers. What's that defense looking like uh, for Notre Dame entering this matchup on Saturday? Yes, it's, this is probably the, the biggest question mark for me. Uh, I think Wisconsin's defense will have a very good day against Notre Dame's offensive line. I think um, Wisconsin Green Bay's defense could come out and have a very good day against Notre <laughs> Dame's defensive line, honestly. But the Irish defense is, is kind of hitting it their stride. The whole, all of camp, we, we focused on the front seven being – by far the best unit, if you want to combine them into two units, linebackers and defensive linemen on the team. And they just had some weird breakdowns the first two games against Florida State and Toledo. They gave up four plays in excess of 60 yards. That's more than Clark Lee's defense gave up in the three years he was coordinating Odin's defense prior. Oh. So it was a strange, it was kind of hard to get used to watching Notre Dame give up busts like that. They've usually been pretty good at, at keeping levels to their defense and limiting big plays. Kyle Hamilton, we talked to him a couple times after the last few games, and he mentioned, you know, it's like it's a, it's a new defense. It's taken us a while to understand how to play, how to play hard and fast, and still maintain kind of our integrity, gap integrity, and stuff. They feel like they turned the corner against Purdue. Um, they gave up two plays of over thirty yards. I think Purdue averaged one point nine yards per play. Other than those two plays, it was a, it was a really good effort by Notre Dame's defense. Now I don't expect it to be that good against Wisconsin because Wisconsin has more of a focus plan than Purdue does. Um, Purdue could not have run the ball, you know, no, no matter what, they're actually down there. They're starting running back as well. Um, I think the Notre Dame defensive line and linebackers remain the strength. I do believe that starting nose tackle Kurt Heinisch, who is uh, one of those super seniors, he's played for four years, but he's back for a COVID year. Mm. 23-year-old starter, three-year starter of the line, I think he's going to be out in concussion protocol, which really has not been announced yet and really changes things. Um, that is not confirmed. We'll talk to Brian Kelly at noon. Yeah, uh, that that that's a big deal against Wisconsin yeah. uh, when you're starting those tackles out. Now they actually go pretty deep across the defensive line, but there's a reason he's a starter. So. Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick on that Purdue game, did you guys feel really good about yourselves for not letting that drum come into the stadium? That, that yeah, <laughs> it was funny. It was completely petty and uh, also kind of funny in the end. If you thought about it, <laughs> all right, I guess I come in. I mean. We're back on some ridiculous COVID protocol that nobody could bring equipment down the tunnel. <laughs> that's unbelievable. That seemed like something that would have been COVID protocol in March of 2020, not in uh, <laughs> September of 2021. But, yeah, I was uh, made some jokes around tailgating lots I heard. And uh, that, I think that's, uh, <laughs> I, guess it's, I guess it's good that Notre Dame won that game because Purdue fans would probably be laughing forever if they pulled that one out. Well, we that even was brought up as a topic on our show, and I was 100% with Notre Dame on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I got a lot of flack for that, but I kind of said to Ebo, I go, if you wanted to bring your dog over to my house, if I invited you over, you need to get permission first. I'm just not letting the thing <laughs> but in. this is a drum. This I, is a drum. I, I, I will tell you one funny anecdote about this. Apparently, the South Bend Tribune proved that the Purdue drum was not at Notre Dame the last time they played. It had nothing to do with Notre Dame. So they don't always bring it everywhere. I guess if, if it was there, I did not ever come on the field or perform with the band. So if they, we, we think it never happened. It, it, this might be like a made-up thing they have. And let's be honest. It's not like Purdue's been very good in the last like 10 yeah. years. It's yeah. not like they're going to be banging that thing that much. 
Yeah, we also had this. If Purdue was in, uh, we thought they were in an engineering school. They, uh, the engineers could have got together and found a way to fit that yeah. drum into the stadium if that was the, no uh, the case. Right. Uh, Tim O'Malley joining us right now. So, Tim, uh, you were talking a little about uh, Kyle Hamilton. Uh, Jim Leonard, uh, the Wisconsin defensive coordinator, was saying that Kyle Hamilton, he's just making plays all over the field. Is this the star of the show defensively for Notre Dame? Is this the guy that Wisconsin needs to be looking out for in every single play? Yeah, that's not close. Uh, he is the best safety. He's going to go down as the best safety he's going to leave after this year as a junior in Notre Dame history. He's a, he is a force. Uh, last year, he started every game, played well, made an All-American team because Notre Dame was undefeated, but he actually played most of the year with an injured ankle. He had like a terrible ankle sprain game two. He was never looked the same until Alabama, and then they only had one Kyle Hamilton, so it didn't matter how he looked against Alabama. But this year, you see the real Hamilton. He came in as a true freshman and picked off 18 passes in training camp. Wow. Now, as a true freshman, nickel, he wasn't even a starter. They had two veteran seniors, captain starters in safety. And he is, he makes plays everywhere. Uh, the, the double hash mark interception against Florida State was ridiculous. Fourth down play against Purdue, fourth and one, where he stopped the jet sweep by himself. He's a, he's a great player. I don't think they're in the defense to be half as good without him on the back end. I think he erases a lot of mistakes. Um, the front seven is good anyway, but the, he really makes the back end viable. I think it's just a, a, some pieces back there with an All American. He'll be people always say he's the you know first safety off the board. If he's not, someone's wrong, and and he'll he'll be the best safety in the NFL. I I don't talk about Notre players like this. I have not seen a guy play at this type, at this level. He's that much better than good players on Notre team. It it is stark. Even Brian Kelly acknowledges it. He kind of makes a joke that he played. You know, Hamilton hasn't taken a break. They rotate almost every position. He's like, no, we give him water once in a while. He's allowed to have water. It's just he's he <laughs> really he is the guy that they that absolutely straw that stirs the drink out there. So Tim, uh, Notre Dame is probably my second favorite team if I had to pick a second favorite team to root for that I followed growing up. And I would say Kyle Hamilton is probably the most hyped player that I've really seen since like Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, no, I would agree with you in terms of uh, yeah, from people talking about him. He's a lot better than Jimmy Clausen, though. Well, yes, yes, yes. And, and I actually believe that he'll have an NFL career, unlike Jimmy Clausen's, yeah. like, whatever backup. <laughs> Tim O'Malley joining us right now. Check him out at irishillustrated.com on Twitter, Tim O'Malley ND. Tim, oh, I was just going to say, because when I was younger and I went to a game, it was all hyped with Jimmy Clausen, and I finally got to Notre Dame Stadium, and they got absolutely annihilated by Air Force. Oof, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did I see that Big Noon is coming down to check out uh, Notre Dame and uh, Wisconsin? I think I saw that yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, 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 and, and game day's there at the same time. I don't, have they ever had that yeah, before where they I, have game day and Big Noon at the same place? I mean, it's a big game, so why not bring all the gangbusters out there? Yeah. So, Tim, if, let's say, obviously here in Madison, Wisconsin, we want ourselves to see a Wisconsin victory, but I got to ask, if Notre Dame is to win this game, how do they do so? Because Wisconsin's got a damn good defense. Yeah, you know, it's going to be the shots they take because Wisconsin, if Notre Dame runs the ball, Notre Dame will pass more than they run, believe it or not, because I think they realize they have to. Offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, uh, you guys remember him, obviously, was a Notre Dame quarterback for four years. He's pretty progressive. People don't give enough credit for it. He knows they can't run with this offensive line against Wisconsin. Uh, they're, they're going to run to be efficient. Now, they have two really good running backs, so they're going to get the ball in the backfield in Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree. If Notre Dame wins this game, it's because they hit four shots that set up touchdowns. It's not because they move the ball consistently. I'm, I'm talking 70 plays in the game for Notre Dame. You're going to see 50 empty plays that just are failures because of Wisconsin's defense. But Jack Cohn throws downfield well to Kevin Austin. Uh, Braden Lindsay, I don't know if you saw, dropped a touchdown. It was JV-level drop, but he is one of the fastest players in America. You know, you're, you can't count on that guy dropping bomb touchdowns all the time for if you're a defense. And then Michael Mayer, I think Wisconsin will double. The last two teams have doubled him. It's weird to cut double a tight end, but he is he is one of the best tight ends in America. I haven't seen every tight end. I hate it when people say he's the best in America, other than Kyle Hamilton, who clearly is. But Michael Mayer is the key to that offense. Uh, Purdue bracketed him all game long, which did open some things up downfield. Notre Dame will not run the ball successfully in Wisconsin. They will not run the ball successfully on Cincinnati or probably Virginia Tech or USC or North Carolina coming up. They... they their offensive line is a shell of what it was last year. If now if they had their offensive line last year, this would not be a conversation we'd be having along with these skill position players. Because when you lose four pros, you expect to replace them a little better than the team has this year. 
I will say it's not totally their fault. They're on their third starting left tackle in game four. They've had three starting left tackles in three different games due to injury. This is the first time they'll start the same line all year. Um, it's just not there yet. And the surprising thing is the right side is two graduates, Josh Lug, who has started a handful of games for Notre Dame going to his fifth year, and Cade Madden, who was a uh, transfer from Marshall, was a group of five All-American last year. 25 and 23 years old, and they're struggling as much as the true freshmen are on the other side. And that is the real problem. Um, the center, Garrett Patterson, is very good. He's a senior, and, uh, you know, having good center doesn't offset an entire front seven in the past. what happens. So it's going to be Jack Jones shots downfield. I think Wisconsin fans that watched their name last year would be surprised by how much they upgraded the speed at the skill positions because um, Dirty was kind of just a, a hammer team last year. Their two receivers went pro, but they were you know, they're 6'3", 220-pound guys that complement the running game. Yeah. Um, but it is not a team that's going to move the ball consistently against Wisconsin. If you have some type of drafting to count with punts, bet the over. Oh, I like that. I'll take that. Bet yeah. the over. Hey, Tim, we uh, appreciate your time. Thanks so much for breaking down some Notre Dame football for us. Uh, and happy Saturday when we get there. Enjoy the game. It's going to be a doozy. And we'll keep following along on Twitter at Tim O'Malley, ND, and IrishIllustrated.com, my friend. Thanks so much. Thank you. we got to get this Lambo rescheduled because that's what I was looking forward to last year. Hey, hey when, when it happens, you come up. We'll show you a good time, okay? And, like, the All Soldier right, Field good. Lambo is cool, but can we please get a home-and-home? Home? Yeah. Well, well, Camp yeah, Randall and Notre Dame Stadium, come on. I feel like anybody that watched the Penn State game on Saturday realizes home and home doesn't start happening again. Yeah. Hey, when you get up here to Lambo, we'll show you a good time. All right, Tim? All right. Thank you. <laughs> See you, buddy. There he is, Tim O'Malley. Good stuff right there, uh, covering Notre Dame. So, Rowdy, that Kyle Hamilton, I mean, that's that's the guy to look out for, obviously. No, he's a stud. He's, he's a baller. He's going to be a first-round pick. He's the best safety in college football. And then you got Jack Cohen versus Graham Mertz. Our guy, Rob Reichel, happy belated birthday, Robbie. I hope it was a celebration of epic proportions. How are we doing? Celebration day, baby. I'm good. I'm good. And it, and it was very good. Thanks for asking and pointing it out as I continue to become an older and older man. Age so. is just a number, Rob. Come on, brother. You still party like you're a 20-year-old, don't you? Tell you what, they, they didn't see anything quite like that uh, down at Bratz in the Red Shed for quite some time, like... <laughs> Like we tore it up last night, Evo. <laughs> Robbie, rumor is that you're the one that invented the Long Island at the Red Shed. Yeah, that was your drink of choice. Just get I, 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 I think that's very accurate. Me and Don Davey back in the early 90s. Don, Don <laughs> Davey liked that drink a lot himself. So. <laughs> hey, Rob, before we dive into the Packers, you were at the Brewers game, weren't you? Did look, what, what was with the lack of attendance? What's just with the lack of attendance there in general? Yeah, I tweeted you a picture or texted you a picture from that. Evo, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, again, I don't know if people are saving their money for the playoffs, which, you know, look a little more uneasy and uneven and tenuous by by the day, right? And, um, but yeah, I mean that, you know, they're announcing solid numbers, but I mean, there's there's less than ten thousand people in the park. I, I mean, it, it's crazy. It's it's not good seats available. It's good sections, and uh, I mean, it's it's insane that you know here we are with a with a ninety plus win team in in late September. And, and, and I know around, you know, the Milwaukee area, Waukesha, Washington County, Racine, Kenosha, et cetera. Once kids go back to school, a lot of families just say, we, we can't pull it off until the weekends. And, you know, a Tuesday night game or whatever is, is going to be slow. But I mean, this, this is still arguably, you know, one of the three, four, five best Brewers teams in their, in their history. You'd, you'd think they can get more honestly, well, they, I mean, they, on, on Tuesday night, they could not have had more than 7,500 people in that place. Wow. It was, it was crazy. So no, I, I don't know. Again, Evo, I don't know if people are saving up, you know, for saving their nickels for the postseason, uh, which will obviously not be cheap. And they say, well, whatever. It's, you know, they've, they've, they've got a playoff first clinch. They've got the, you know, in, in essence, it looks like they've got the division clinched, although the Cardinals are making that a little trickier. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Evo, but it's, but, it, but it's not a great look for the team in the city. Rob, I would say that uh, a lot of the fans are kind of starting to go the way of the front office and manager. Very conservative and just not uh, showing up because no one's really playing. <laughs> well, that's, that's a very fair point, too. And, and you know, and we're going to find out in a lot of these sports guys, too, just, um, you know, we, we had a year there largely where people stayed home and, and watched games on their 70-inch TVs, right, and, and enjoyed having, you know, the, the, the tacos in the kitchen five steps away and the bathroom ten steps away and things like that. I just I wonder if, if fans will ever quite come back to the same level. 
um, that they did. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but um, it, we'll it, see. it's certainly an odd look that a, a playoff baseball team down the stretch here has no, you know, fannies in the seats for the most part. Well, Rob, you walk it like you talk it. You were there in attendance, brother. So, Rob, let me ask you a change, uh, switch, switch gears here, excuse me, to the Green Bay Packers. A uh, lot better of a game, right, than uh, that Saints game. They come out and take care of business against the Lions. I have to ask you real quick right away. I was feeling a little uneasy at halftime, and then I guess Matt LaFleur had to go tell Joe Barry to change things up. What's with that defense, dude? Is this going to be a problem all year? Uh, short answer, yes, E-boy. I, I, I think so. Um, at least until Darius comes back. And we'll, you know, we'll see when that, you know, mysterious back injury cures itself um, at, at, at what point in time. That certainly has a lot of people in the organization scratching their head and, and asking questions, what, you know, what exactly is Is, is it weird that? that I don't, like, buy that? Like, so, something a part of me feels fishy about the whole situation. Is that wrong yeah, for me to feel that way? Certainly not, and, yeah, and you're certainly not the only one, E-boy. I mean, there's there's members of the organization that question it as well and, and are wondering what the bleep is going on, uh, you know, with, with Zedarius. You know, you you saw he was a little bit of a mystery guy coming, you know, back to back to camp. And, you know, he, he had that, uh, I don't know if it was a tweet or an Instagram post about his house, you know, being yep. up for sale. And, then he know, wasn't and, captain. And then, and then after he wasn't an elected a captain, right, he, he, he had kind of a, you know, again, a very mysterious tweet. So, well, you know, I know he wants P.J. Watt-level kind of money, Evo, and, and, and I know he's not super thrilled about that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to question when a, when a player says he's hurt if, if he is or not. But, but, but there are certainly elements here that, that kind of raise your eyebrows. Um, but, Evo, on the, the, you know, the defense on a whole, it, it is largely inexcusable. Um, you know, communication breakdowns in the secondary – seven touchdowns that they've allowed here in the past game in the first two weeks. That's more than any Packer team in, you know, the 100-plus years now that they've played football. I mean, that that's a franchise worst, and we thought the secondary would be a strength. Now, a large part of that is they're not getting any pass rush, um, and, and even guys like Goff are standing back there five seconds and, and have all day to, to pick them apart. I mean, I, I think teams, and you'll see this on Sunday night, like the 49ers are going are gonna to have success running the football against that front. Um, you know, I, I find no fault whatsoever in, in Matt LaFleur jumping in there and giving his suggestions and, and probably telling Joe Barry exactly what to do different in the second half. That, that to me, is kind of what a good boss does. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if your ratings, and, and I know this will never happen, you know, if, if your ratings ever slip, Evo, no you, know, they, you know, your boss might come to you and say, do, do A, B, or C differently, and that, that's his job as a boss. And, and that, you know, that, that is... Matt LaFleur's job as Joe Barry's boss is, is to tell him, hey, I think this will work better or that will work better, and, and, and it certainly did in the second half. Now, I think there were a couple of factors, too, though, Evo, that played into that. The rain came, I think, at the perfect time for Green Bay. Uh, they got a lead. They turned the Lions one-dimensional, and they were able to get after the quarterback a little bit better in the second half than they were in the first, and they took the ball away a couple of times. Keep in mind, that's against the worst team, though, in the NFC. That's against one of the three or four worst teams in football. What's going to happen here now over the next, you know, 15 weeks, Evo, when, you know, when, they, when they see really good teams like they will Sunday against the 49ers, when they see Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, when they see Kyler Murray right in the, in the Cardinals, when they see Patrick Mahomes, for God's sake, and the Chiefs, when they see Matthew Stafford and the Rams, um, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. This schedule is a beast, Evo, yeah. and, and there aren't a lot of great signs early on that that defense is going to you know, slow down any of those teams that I just mentioned. Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media as well. Rob, one more question on the defense before we get to the offensive side of the ball. When is Eric Stokes going to be starting over Kevin King? Great question. Maybe maybe Sunday night, Evo. I mean, it's, it's got to happen sooner than later, right? And and then they experimented a little bit with uh, moving King inside to the slot. And, 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 and like, for example, and, and they may mix and match parts here week to week, Evo, based on matchups and opponents and things like that. But when you kind of look at it, Kevin King has the body type and um, – I want to say skill set, but but I'm not sure Kevin King has the skill set. Um, you know, to, to to go and line up at least against a guy like Kittle um, come come Sunday night, and maybe that maybe that's a matchup you know that the Packers like, and they kick him inside, and then they move Stokes and, and Alexander on the outside. I mean, I do think they have options um, in terms of what they want to do there. The, the bottom line um, in the, in the whole thing, Evo, is Stokes has showed already. 
he's ready to play. You know, he, he, he probably needs 50, 60, 70 snaps a game. Uh, you know, I, I, I said it through training camp. I, I think they hit it here with this rookie. You're in year five of the Kevin King uh, deal here. And, and you know, he, he's not a puppy anymore by any means, Evo. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a hardcore veteran at this point in time, and he hasn't improved. He hasn't gotten better. He's been picked on the first two weeks again. Uh, you know, Goff went after him early. Um, you know, again, whether that, whether that breakdown on the touchdown to Cephas was on him or Stokes um, is, a, is almost irrelevant. I mean, I, I think King's got to take advantage. You know, King's got to step up and be the leader at that point in time. He gave up the 46-yarder to Cephas a couple plays before that. He's, he's just been exposed time and time again, um, I, I think, over the last couple of years, Ebo, as, as, as Alexander has grown and teams want to stay away from him. They've realized on the other side, it's, you know, it's, it's easy pickings over there against number 20. And, and they're going to keep doing that. And, you know, whether Green Bay has a better option as the third corner, uh, remains to be seen. You know, maybe Sullivan eventually gets the snaps over, over King. But to your initial question on Stokes, um, I would look for him to line up, you know, kind of in the base already come Sunday night. I gotcha. Robbie, so uh, offensive side of the ball here, let's talk real quick on the offensive line. It looked like Elton Jenkins mispracticed yesterday. He's got an ankle injury. What's that mean going into, uh, you know, the Niners game? Is this guy going to be able to play? Is there much news on him? Like, what's going on with the status of that line to protect Aaron Rodgers? Well, we'll certainly know a lot more after another practice or two, right, Evo? It, it is a bad sign, though, early because Jenkins just doesn't miss. He, you know, and I know he's a young guy. He's only in his third year. They give the older guys the vets, you know, days off here and there. Jenkins doesn't need that yet, but he just flat out doesn't miss, Evo. You know, if, if he couldn't go, and and obviously that's extremely dangerous. It, you know, it's, it's a dangerous situation for Green Bay in the past game and Rodgers anyways, going up against Bosa and Ford and, you know, Armstead and, 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 and even D.J. Jones inside. I mean, that, that this, this is a really, really good front that the 49ers have. Packer fans certainly can remember, you know, from, from back in 2019 when the 49ers smoked them twice, uh, just, just how the 49ers got after, after Rodgers. But my best guess, Evo, is they'd have to kick Billy Turner then over the left tackle. And, and we all remember how that went in the NFC Championship game against Tampa Bay. Um, it, it did not go well. Um, Billy Turner's a guy, Evo, who, you know, if, if you threw him out there on, on Monday night against the Lions, he probably would have survived and played okay, and, and you would, your offense wouldn't have, you know, had, had to severely adjust against the 49ers and, and terrific teams coming up on the schedule, right? Outstanding pass rushes, not just San Francisco, but, you know, then Pittsburgh in week four, the Bears in week six. I mean, there's, there's some heavy hitters coming up on the schedule. Those are the kind of games, Evo, that Billy Turner would struggle in and, and, and teams would go after him big time off, off that left side. And, and then, I, you know, I, I think it would be Kelly, the veteran, uh, that they picked up this summer, you know, the guy, a guy who's had a, had a pretty good career. I was in Tennessee last year, um, and I think he would get the go in all likelihood, Evo, at, at right tackle. So, you know, not, now you're messing again with, with two different positions. You're probably weaker at both of them than you would have been if Jenkins was on the field. You're obviously dramatically weaker on a whole, you know, with, because Bakhtiari's already out. So um, it, 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 it's, a, it's a very, uh, you know, it's a very tenuous kind of scary situation, I would say, at this point in time. Evo for Green Bay, the way that line could be put together come Sunday night when they go out to San Francisco. Hi, Rob. One last thing on the offense before I let you go, my man. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and, I guess, you know, Devontae Adams, I know he didn't find pay dirt, but he was all over the place. How'd that offense, uh, did it start to look like it's humming a little better with Rodgers getting uh, tuned in with Jones and Adams? Oh, well, he quieted down the trolls, right? Right, Evo? Yeah, who is he coming after? The Pat McAfee show? Is he coming after you? I, you know, and no, I know. I, I think he's coming to Michael Finley, Michael Finley <laughs> the world, the, the Bill Towers. And, and again, no one ever knows for sure with Aaron Rodgers because he, he leaves a lot of things. I thought he was coming after my man, Rob Reichel. I was going to have to defend you, I thought. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, he, he didn't name drop that, David. But, you know, that from what I from what I read out of that, um, you know, or, or certainly saw with his, with his comments on the McAfee show, I, you know, I, I think it was more the people who just aren't around. It's, you know, again, I, I again, I think you know, maybe the Finleys of the world, um, who obviously ripped him last week and, and made the comment that by week five Jordan Love should start if if Rogers keeps playing lousy. You know, I, I think it's a lot of TV heads that have that have come after him at, at various times. Colin Cowherd comes after him all the time. I know on. 
on one of those stations that Jimmy Johnson has and um, <laughs> Terry you know, Bradshaw Power has, Terry Bradshaw has. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and hey, and hey, evil. Aaron is not a victim here, right? Aaron has brought all this on himself. Aaron brought this on with six months of drama in the offseason. Aaron brought it on with a 35 passer rating against the Saints and one of the poorest yes, performances yes. of his career. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know if he wants a parade up and down Oneida now because <laughs> they beat the Lions by 18 points. Um, <laughs> But you know what? My, my my advice, and I know he doesn't care and doesn't want it, but would be just to play football and quit paying attention to that stuff because it's it's wasted energy. But you know, Evo, we're going to know a lot more about that offense, and if you know your question, if, if they're back on track or not, certainly come about eleven o'clock, ten thirty on on Sunday night, and. And even 10 days from now after that Steeler game, they're going to see two of the top five, top 10 defenses in football here back to back. And and if they can get humming and, and roll and put up some points against teams like that, Evo, then that's all well and good. And I think Packer Nation will take a, you know, a deep breath and they'll exhale and they'll say every, everything's okay again. But Evo, if they, you know, if they look more like they did against the Saints than they did against the Lions, there's a lot of reason to worry because, like we've touched on, six of the first nine games on the road. You've got the NFC West. You've got the AFC North. Your your flop over game there against the other conference is is the two time defending AFC champions, the Chiefs. This is a brutal schedule, Evo. And they didn't put this group back together to come back to beat the Lions. They put it together to come back and win a Super Bowl. Uh, that that's what this quote unquote last dance for them is all about. You know, not not for beating a Lions team that has one playoff win in the last thirty years. So we're going to find out a lot more here, Evo, in in, in the next few weeks. Um, and, 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 you know, when, when I'm back on you know, with you a week from now, um, I think we'll have a clearer indicator if, if this offense is, you know, headed toward being number one in the league again or, or maybe being, you know, a, a mid-level kind of offense. Yeah, uh, Robbie, rumor was that you were going to be invited to be the Grand Marshal of the We Just Beat the Lions parade for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but after that, I don't. I think it might get lost in the mail then now. Your, uh, your invitation to be the Grand Marshal of that, Rob. So be on the lookout, though. You never know. Yeah, but maybe, maybe they'll send it to Finley instead. So. <laughs> Rob, always a pleasure, my man. Um, any advice for Craig Council to not get swept by the uh, Cardinals today at 110? Uh, how about take two weeks off and then quit? Robbie! <laughs> Robbie, we love you. And I don't think you'll be the Grand Marshal of the Craig Council Parade either. Uh, no, but I might be the Mike Budenholzer parade these days. How there about you go, that there one? you go, some booty. Robbie, we maybe, love maybe, you, man. Maybe the Paul Chris one come about 3 o'clock on, on Saturday. Let's, let's oh, go yeah. get those damn um, Irish. Who right? do you think wins Saturday? I don't really understand the line myself, Evo, being five and a half for, for, for the good guys from Madison. I... They haven't, they haven't beaten a high-level quality football team in, in quite some time. Um, I, but but I, I will say Bucky by three. I, I, think they steal, I think they sneak one out. Can't wait, though. Rob, that's, 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 the game, that's the game of the weekend to me, Evo. You the man, Robbie. We'll follow along on Twitter, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media. We love you around here, Robbie. All right, guys. You're the best. Thanks. See you, buddy. There is Rob Reichel. You know, when you face a team twice in the playoffs, you know, which that's always random, but they've been on our schedule the other two times, so I feel like it's almost been every year. But it's... You know, Lambo's a fun place to play. I'm glad that we haven't had to go there in a while, so I'm glad with that. But, I mean, it's always a fun challenge when you go against one of the best quarterbacks to play, one of the best traditions. Um, I know the Packers and Niners go back a long way, so uh, I think it's really cool for the league and for our fans and their fans when both teams are playing at a high level. Comments there from the head coach of the Niners, Mike or Kyle Shanahan. We say good morning now to Mike Clemens. Mike, what's up, my friend? How we doing? Pretty good. Um... Yeah, 49ers have still got a pretty good group of guys on their defense. And they replaced Richard Sherman like a veteran corner with Josh Norman. Do you know he's on that team now? Yeah, yeah. He, he was with the Panthers and then with the Redskins for about three years. Last year with the Bills. So at 33 years old, you got Josh Norman back there. The 49ers are once again way banged up. Um, first of all, you look at their running back situation. Yeah, it's it, tough. Well, they've lost like five or six of them. Raheem Mostert, who ran up uh, all those yards in that NFC loss <laughs> out in San Francisco, uh, he went down week one with a season-ending knee injury. Uh, and then they've just lost one guy after the next. They lost like three running backs just over the weekend uh, in the game against the Eagles. Now, they won the thing. They hung, hung on to win 17-11. to But Jeff Wilson, Jr., is like the number two running back. He's out until November. He's got a uh, torn meniscus. 
Then they've got uh, Trey Sermon. Now, he might be able to get back on the field. They've got Hasty, uh, who's a second-year guy. Uh, all these guys got injured. So uh, th- that's the situation they've got in their backfield. On their defense, um, Eric Armstead is their big defensive end. He's got, on the injury report they put out last night, an abductor, which is the muscle in the hip. I, I've never seen that on an injury report. They actually name the muscle. You know, usually a team would just put down hip or something like that. Um, so he did not practice yesterday. But, you know, Nick Bosa's back this year. Fred Warner is their inside linebacker. He might be one of the best in the business. He's so smart. He's quick. He makes. He's a sure tackler. And Aaron Rodgers was asked, so when you put on the tape, what do you see about this 2021 49ers defense? I see a lot of studs. You know, having Bosa back obviously helps. He's a game changer. Looks like he's moving well. He's been involved in a lot of plays on defense, as he was a couple years ago. You know, Armstead is a long, stout defender who can play inside and outside for him. He's a stud. Uh, you know, I think DJ Jones is is a real talented player inside. He's been uh, very active for them the first couple weeks. Fred, you know, I talked about Fred. They caught me on you know on the mic dub last year. I think it was telling him how talented I think he is, and he got the recognition he deserves from the voting in the postseason and also contract wise it legitimizes uh, his ability on the field had some changes on the back end obviously some injuries you know to jason going down with the aco you know they brought in a couple veteran guys to play on the on the outside as well who i've played against in the past talented guys smart savvy guys so uh, the front looks uh, looks familiar uh, front seven um, and you know we'll see if mosley comes back from his injury obviously k1's played for I think, his seventh year he's a really talented nickel you know, he's active in the run game and a, and a really good defender. Yeah, Mike, they got a good defense. They also got Kyle Shanahan, who kind of knows the ins and outs of Matt LaFleur. And there's also that thing with uh, the Packers or any Wisconsin sports team that goes out to California. They just don't do too good out there, yeah? Right. When Shanahan was uh, with the uh, Redskins working for his dad, Matt LaFleur was with that group. Sean McVay was there for a year. Uh, that's where Matt LaFleur learned this offense that he's now running in Green Bay. And... Um, so there's this relationship, you know, his, uh, his brother worked for Shanahan until he went with Robert Slaw, the defensive coordinator, to become the head coach and offensive coordinator now of the New York Jets after last year. But, you know, because you're playing the 49ers, you've got to revisit what happened on April 29th on the day, first day of the draft, the yeah. morning of the draft, earlier this spring. Bill Michaels tweets out about 9 o'clock in the morning, hey, I just heard Paul Allen from the Vikings say, that the 49ers called the Packers last night and asked them if they wanted to do a trade for Aaron Rodgers and, and how much they were going to give up. And, of course, Bill just got clobbered on Twitter because they're, oh, clickbait, oh, sure, yeah, day of the draft, and you've got to get this attention. Well, of course, it, it all turned out to be true. Aaron Rodgers was asked yesterday, was there a time in the off season that you thought you might be playing for the 49ers this year? I mean, I, there was there were points where I thought anything was possible, definitely, but um, not not a strong possibility. Man, anything is possible, Mike. It, I don't know. It could have happened. Well, the Broncos were floating out there too. It was uh, some tenuous, some 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 times with Aaron Rodgers that made you blocking on pins and needles. Right. So yesterday, Kyle Shanahan had the press conference, and he was asked, you know, what prompted him to call the Packers the night before the draft to see if they wanted to trade for Aaron Rodgers. You hear enough stuff, and I think everyone knew what was going on at that time that it didn't seem like it was worth the call, but I know how we would have felt if it was going to happen and that we didn't call. So you call and you get a quick answer, which is what you were expecting. And what was your initial offer going to be for Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh. <laughs> That's funny, Mike. They got jokes up. Shanahan's got some jokes on the podium. Well, you know, everyone's laughing about it now, Ebo, but the morning of the draft, it was – you remember how tense it was? It was doomsday. Yeah, you know, and how angry Packer Nation was. How how would you how can you possibly think about trading away the MVP? Right. You know? Right. So then Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, how awkward is this? You know, you're the starting quarterback right now. Yeah, you know, they drafted a quarterback as well. But it's like, Hello, I'm here, I'm in the room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sitting right here. Why, yeah, why they're talking about him? And so, one of the reporters last night in San Francisco asked uh, Jimmy, 
you know, about hey, you know, Aaron Rodgers. If you watch his tape, oh yeah, I watch everything that he does. I like the way he plays, and you know, yeah, maybe I'll talk to him before the game and you know ask him a couple of tips or something like that. And so Garoppolo was talking about Aaron Rodgers, and then he got asked the question about the trade. Listen to this: the talent that he could do things with the ball with his release angles, the, his feet, everything. It's it's impressive. You talked about how Kyle, John kept you updated. You know goings on this offseason trade and all that. Did you get a heads up that, uh, hey, we're thinking about seeing if Aaron Rodgers is available? Or if not, <laughs> how did you find find that out? Uh, no, I think just I probably heard it through, like, I don't know, Twitter or something like that. I don't I honestly didn't get any inkling of it or anything like that, but uh, that's just kind of how the offseason goes. You know, teams are always trying to look for uh, something new, something, something better, and uh, that's just kind of the nature of the beast, I guess. See, now, when Jimmy, when Jimmy reported Ebo, he said, oh, no, our GM, John Lynch, and Coach Kyle, they kept me, in, they kept me up to date with everything that was going on in the offseason. I understand. I said, and then last night he's saying, yeah, I, I heard something about it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL's a cruel mistress, isn't it, Mike? I mean, you've got to use it as motivation. Right. So then... You know, you're LaFleur, and sure, you've had two successful seasons, and yeah, you got this MVP, and and yes, you also know that Jordan Love didn't get any preseason or hardly any work last year. He's not ready yet, you know, and is your team actually thinking about launching Rodgers because you just spent two or three months of, you know, trying to negotiate and trying to find out why he doesn't want to come back to Green Bay and everything? So Matt LaFleur was asked, did the 49ers try to make a run at Aaron Rodgers and did that affect your relationship, your friendship with Kyle Shanahan? No, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I understand, like, he's trying to do whatever he thinks he needs to do for his football team. I mean, he's got a responsibility to everybody in that organization, and if there's an opportunity. So I don't, I don't hold that against him. So, uh, but, yeah, that, that, has, that it will have no effect on our relationship. Now, Mike, when you guys are preparing your questions, you know, to ask the, you know, Matt LaFleur and everyone, and you saw this Niners matchup coming up, do you think uh, you guys knew you were going to ask questions about that? And Matt LaFleur was just like, oh, my God, I have to reiterate this stuff, make it stop. Was there kind of some weirdness in the locker or the, the press conference? I, yeah, but I, you know what? It's, uh, time heals all wounds, and sometimes it takes a while to peel yeah. the, you know, the layers of the onion. you got to ask the question, right, Mike? You got, it's, well, it's, it works. It's there. Yeah. Because frankly, um, all remember all the floor said was I, I don't know. All I know is I want Aaron Rodgers back. Yeah. We want him back. That was his answer all last spring, right? Yep. So then, then Matt was asked, you know, well, you know, point blank, do you still consider Kyle Shanahan your friend? Yeah, Kyle's a great friend of mine, um, and so like I haven't talked to him in a while. It's just part of the business. You start, you start, uh, you kind of get in your own routine and. But, yeah, absolutely, I, I, I hold no ill will towards him. Do you think he holds a little ill will, though? You know, Mike, you always got that one friend that you kind of pick on, you still like him, but you pick on him. Is, is Matt LaFleur the, fl- the friend that Kyle Shanahan picks on, just sure. how the Packers perform against the Niners usually? Evo, uh, is it, was it, would it be okay if you, if you if I just borrowed your car and your girlfriend for the weekend, okay? Well, and sure, I'm going to sure, take Kyle. them around, sure. you know. <laughs> I'm showing a good time. Yeah, nothing's happening. Yeah. You know, just we're just out for a ride. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We're friends, right? Yeah, we're still friends. <laughs> <laughs> you get the car back, it's just abused. It's like, come on, man. What the hell? Right, right. No, nothing happened. Everything's great. So then there's, there's Devontae Adams, who, um, you know, there was, this, there was this thing about a year and a half ago where a lot of the beat guys, and I don't know if they were kind of pushed by the team, by the PR director or what, but, you know, the point was like, you know, Devontae Adams' deal is coming up in a year and a half or two. Maybe it was Devontae. But it's like, have you, have you guys, do you guys appreciate what this guy is doing? Look at how he can, you know, beat people at the line of scrimmage, the moves that he makes. Look at his numbers as they've been on the rise the last couple of years. And so there was sort of this campaign coming out of Green Bay, particularly from some of the writers, to say, you know, Devontae Adams deserves more national attention. He is our national treasure at wide receiver. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's our best. Well, so far, the, you know, the first two games of the year, it's been like, well, it's Operation Shutdown Devontae with his two-shell, you know, two high safeties and double coverage and all that. So he's talked about that. And then one of the questions he had yesterday was, well, what is the one thing that you worked on? He talked about how 
he's always trying to improve his yards after the catch. I mean, he had that one catch, caught a short pass the other night, and then took off down the left sideline and picked up another 15 yards. Rodgers says he was just stunned by it. I mean, Devontae could be one of the best ball carriers on the field. Just get the ball in his hands. So Devontae talked about how he's trying to improve his yak, his yards after the catch this year as a goal. That was a thing that I wanted. Obviously, I think I did I had either led the league or was second in the league in, in yak last year. So that was something that I wanted to continue to improve upon. But the opportunities, you know, just based off where people are, I think I was pretty open catching the ball and that just based off of us kind of catching them off guard with the with the cadence. They kind of got lost in their their coverage as far as who was uh, you know responsibility was to take me over in the middle of the field. So. Anytime I feel like there's a vacancy, I feel like you have a better opportunity to do that because you know you have a, you can kind of see the field a little bit better. Um, that and I watched probably uh, 25 minutes worth of Lamar Jackson highlights before the game too. So uh, that's not a joke either. That's, that's, I'm being dead serious. I really did um, at the house had a little bit of time, so I said I was watching the game um, when they when they played uh, the the Raiders, and I was like, actually not the Raiders. Who they just played? Chiefs. The Chiefs game. Yeah, I was like. If he can do that, I should be able to do half of what he's doing out there as far as making people miss. So I just I've had that in my mind a little bit and, and use that as motivation. Mike, how about this? Devontae Adams watching Lamar Jackson, how to you know be elusive. What if next year Rodgers leaves, Devontae Adams is now the quarterback? <laughs> I think he played quarterback in Palo Alto, <laughs> which is like 10, 10 miles away from this stadium you know, we'll yeah. be at, you know, for Sunday night football. You going? Yeah not, yeah, not to bury the lead, by the way, yeah. is Elton Jenkins. Oh, yeah. You know, this is your stand-in left tackle right now with Bakhtiari still out another four or five weeks. And he's not on the field yesterday in practice. Tough. That's tough. And, yeah, well, Fleur said, yeah, it's an ankle, and it's day-to-day. We'll see it out. So uh, whoever's going to lie. And, and we're just talking about how, you know, fearsome this front four is for the 49ers on Sunday night. So that's that's the big story we're watching in Green Bay injury-wise, uh, whether they would move Billy Turner to the left tackle spot or hmm. come up with some other plan. Yash Nyman is a guy who took a lot of snaps there in the preseason. So that's what we're watching today at practice is the status of Elton Jenkins at left tackle. Well, Mike, we'll keep uh, following along your Twitter account at Mike Clemens NFL. You know, hearing reports here, Bill Michael's show on Grant's show as well. And you're going out to Cali, right, Mike? Yeah, and I'll report to you on Monday morning after the game, okay? Love it, man. Have fun out there. Be safe and uh, bring home a Packers victory. Thanks, Evo. See you, Mike. There he is, Mike Clemens. Good stuff.